When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. What's going on in the NHL tonight is the Avalanche leading the Rangers 4-2 with six minutes left in the second period. Devils up 2-0 on the Flyers, also six minutes left in the second period. Bruins face the Canucks and the Stars face the Golden Knights. Then Boston here tomorrow to take on the Oilers. 5.30 face-off show game at 7 here on 6.30. Chad, Brendan Perlini clearing waivers for your uh, Edmonton Oilers. Some of you writing in to 780-496-0063. I will catch up on as many as I can. Yakushev says, I wish I had $4 for every time I heard from the analysts and pundits on this station saying the Oilers are a different team this year. They are a team with depth now. Well, it's starting to look like the depth is more shallow with McDavid and Dreisaitl, a playoff team, yes, but need more for a playoff run. Uh, I think that's a fair concern there from uh, Yakushev. Now, I do think, I mean, to be fair, if I look at it as a whole, I, I think the first seven to eight games, they did look deeper. And then some of the production and uh, zone time from the uh, bottom six players has dropped off. Big man Sam says, we need Mike Smith back. Not only for his goaltending abilities, but also his swagger. The boys need a spark. We sure miss Archibald and his sandpaper. We need more gravel in our guts as well. Hyman is a beauty. That is from Big Man Sam. Well, I know Rob and I were talking about what what the Oilers could would like to add to their top six. Uh, if they could clone Zach Hyman and have one of him on each line, that would help. I, I think you make an interesting point about Mike Smith and his swagger. I do think that that has helped the team. I, I still think it's a relatively uh, quiet group when it comes to, uh, you, you know, like I think you need a mix. I, I think if you had 23 Mike Smiths on your team, that they might drive each other crazy after a while. But, uh, you know, I, I don't mind if there are some quiet guys on the team or guys who just go out and do it by example. But I, I do think sometimes you need a, a cheerleader or a guy who might be able to bark a little bit or or uh, or just provide some energy with the, either his body language or, or his words. And I think Smith might be that guy. Uh, RL says, I'm scared that the Oilers are a two-man team and teams are figuring out how to defend against them and things are only to get worse it also doesn't help that they have average defense and the goaltending is brutal and uh, Shahid says says, all I can say is that Miko is bad and does not deserve to play in the NHL you guys think that you are experts and try and blame others he gives crappy goals and makes us chase the games yeah I'll I'll say this about the goaltending this season personally I don't think it's brutal I, I think that Miko Koskinen, again, has played more than the plan was him for him to play. 
given what I saw from Miko Koskinen last season, I actually think he's played better than that. Yes, he's let in some bad goals. The first goal last night was not good. There was the one earlier this season that was really bad. I think it was in Buffalo. Look, I think Miko Koskinen, and I've said this a lot, I think he's a good backup. I think if he plays every third to fifth game, he can be pretty good. The, the, the more he plays, you see signs of fatigue. I, I think this is one of the concerns I have about December is he, that he might have to play a lot if they don't go to Skinner for a game or two. Uh, personally, you know, I, I don't think the Oilers goaltending has been brutal. Um, I think there's been games where it hasn't been good enough. I, I think Talbot out goaltended Koskinen last night, though that was, I, I thought, an exceptional performance by Koskinen. Um, I, I, but look, I understand your questions about the goaltending, and, and I've brought them up myself. It, it will, once you get, again, into a playoff series, when it's just the top 16 goalies left, do the Oilers have one of the elite guys or a top eight guy that, that could really be the driving force? That That's a fair question. I, I think, personally, this is what I think. I think some of the heaping on, on Koskinen is related to his performance in the previous two seasons and not just this season. Because there have been some games this year he's been pretty darn good. And yes, he's, he's let in some bad goals early in games. He's also had some first periods where he saved the Oilers' bacon because they haven't started it, it very well. So... You know, I, I just think uh, just totally attacking him, I think, might be a, a little unfair. I, I think he's a, I think he's a, a, a decent backup goalie in the National Hockey League, and, he, and he's had to play too much. All right, 780-496-0063. Uh, this texture says, Truth, truthfully, I would like to see Fogel and McLeod get some serious FaceTime with McDavid and Dreisaitl and see how that goes. Yeah, I think they want McLeod to play center, so I don't know if he would uh, move up. They, they haven't really shown an inclination to move Fogel up there for the time being. They, they've kind of stuck with Yamamoto there. I think Dreisaitl likes playing with Yamamoto because of the way he can dog pucks. Certainly they need... Here's the thing. The Oilers kind of have a top five. They got McDavid, they got Dreisaitl, they got Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, and Pugliarvi, still fairly productive. I, I mean, sure, he goes quiet at times, but, you know, he's, he's coming along. And then that other spot that has mostly been occupied by Yamamoto, they'd like a little bit more production out of that. For the time being, it's still Yamamoto's. All right, appreciate your messages. We got Kelly Rudy coming up next. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Looking forward to chatting with uh, Trent Brown later on in the uh, show, 1993 Great Cup champion, and also the 25th anniversary of, uh, sorry to bring up this memory for some of you, the uh, the Flutie fumble back in 1996 in the Snow Bowl in Hamilton. And, of course, the Great Cup in Hamilton this weekend with the uh, Blue Bombers taking on the Tiger Cats. Expect the Blue Bombers to win their second straight title there. He joins us every week, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian Store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now analyst, Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Reading yourself? I am doing very well. Uh, surviving the icy conditions by staying in my house most of the day. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, we had a little winter to to the blast. Today. 
Yeah, we had a little winter blast uh, this afternoon here in Calgary and uh, made driving a little bit treacherous, but uh, nonetheless, I'm finally back home. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Yeah, good to hear. So the the Oilers obviously hit a bit of a snag here. They have lost three straight. Uh, You can call it a slump. You can call it, uh, you know, maybe uh, a little bit of a blip on the radar, depending on how you're looking at it. You've been through this as a player, uh, teams where things weren't going right, either you weren't playing well or you were playing well and you couldn't win. How do you look at some of the keys sort of to getting out of that slump when you're in there? Thing number one is that it's a, a tiny bit easier when you've kind of gone through it uh, a little bit. Now, early on in my career when I was with the Islanders and we had a pretty darn good team, we didn't really experience it until I'm going to say read, at least I don't recall much of it uh, until maybe my fourth or so fifth year with the Islanders when on occasion we might go on a bit of a losing streak. And then, so you have to kind of learn to remain patient. You know, you're on high alert. There's no question about it. You don't just brush it off. You don't just shrug it aside and say, you know, this is all part of the game. Uh, We as fans, we recognize that, but when you're in the midst of it as a player, you certainly uh, don't uh, give into that feeling and uh, oh, woe is me, but you recognize that you'll have some highs and lows and I think one of the things that you really uh, appreciate as a player is when the organization gives you support and they're patient and it doesn't appear as though they're panicking. Now, you look at uh, some of the losing streaks, you know, for a good team like Edmonton, yeah, three probably looks like uh, that's significant, but in the whole scheme of things, you look at, uh, you know, Philadelphia with an 11-game losing streak and uh, uh, or the Islanders, excuse me, 11, Philadelphia at nine, and, and so you of course don't want to get into that uh dangerous category but you have to sort of understand that this is part of the nhl too right and the travel and getting back to understanding the travel and how difficult it is on a body and all those different things that come into play is it uh the teams like can you feel the tension on a team or or even on the ice where you start thinking like oh man i you know, old Joe Smith, he would have executed that, but but he, he's fighting it. Or once guys get out there, do they just get into the oh, yeah. playing? Yeah. Or you can, you can feel it. And it's one thing if there's two or three guys struggling and they might might be key guys, but it is it can be problematic when it sort of starts to filter throughout your entire lineup. And, and that doesn't happen often, but clearly with a team like uh, the Islanders and Philadelphia and then Vancouver, what they were going through that had uh, permeated the entire organization. And when you get to those situations, uh, it's hard to get out of. I know um, my last year in LA and we were a team in transition, ended up trading a lot of guys, and we weren't quite as good, not nearly as good as the year we went to the finals. And you kind of look around the room, and you're kind of questioning, well, where are the answers, right? And and that's a bad place to be. I know even in San Jose, our first year, we weren't very good, but we we're building towards something. And so you could kind of feed off that, um, but that that off that emotion but you know it it is a tricky thing and you know you look at the flames they've lost two in a row now and they have a tough opponent tomorrow in carolina so no team is going to escape it it's just how you sort of 
cut it off, cut the losing off at uh, what seems a respectable number. Yeah. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. So one of the stories for the Oilers as well, the injuries they had on defense, Darnell Nurse missed a few games. Duncan Keith is still out. Cody Ceci going through COVID protocol. We'll see what his status uh, here is for Thursday or Saturday as we as we move yep. along. So Philip Broberg came up from the minors. Marcus Mima Linen came up. Uh, William Lagason was playing as well until Nurse came back. Um, you know, Bouchard has been playing quite a bit anyway, but I, I still think maybe there was some extra, like all of a sudden he went from uh, the youngest guy to like the third or fourth oldest on, on the decor. Right. Right. You, you played goal. Like, could you, did you talk to young defensemen? Was there things you noticed about them that you had to maybe help them through when they came up to the NHL? What did you see the transition like? Yes, 100%. And it's very important that there uh, be, uh, extensive lines of communication to help them sort of guide them through. And also for a young goaltender, also you need your defenseman to help guide you through as well and what you can do. And, you know, just little things like uh, where you put the puck behind the net when you're setting it up for them, you, you have to, as a goaltender, you have to learn everybody personally, like how they like to have the puck against the boards. Typically, it's about four inches off the boards, so they have a little bit of uh, leeway. You know, some guys like Paul Coffey love to get the puck on his backhand. Charlie Huddy uh, loved to get it on his forehand. So now you can't do it every time because sometimes you're you're under pressure. But if you have enough time to uh, look up and see which defense is coming back, and so if you're, you don't know these guys very well, you're still learning what they're – what they like, you know, learning some of their habits. And so uh, there can be a little bit of confusion there uh, in front of you when you're in net and there are plays coming at you. And then you have to sort of help guide them uh, so that you can trust them. So if there's a rush and, you know, I think it was the second goal for uh, the wild last night and, you know, Koskinen, although he let in a bad goal, the first goal, the second goal, I believe it was the cross, uh, the seam yep. pass right through the slot. You know, he has to trust that he's going to play the shooter and that pass is not going to get through. And so I had a really good experience i think to remind me of that my last year in la one day be before training camp i blew up my ankle so i was going to end up i didn't know it at the time but i was going to miss almost uh, a month of training camp and two months of the start of the regular season so while i was going through my rehab it was suggested to me to go down and play for our farm team in phoenix and uh it turned out to be a miserable failure and i'll tell you why and this is no disrespect and i'm not being dismissive to all those uh, players that were trying to earn their way in the minors, but I had no idea what, it was a completely different game. I had no idea what they were doing in front of me. And I can't remember the numbers, uh, Reed, but I think I let in four or five in two periods. And the problem is then you can't challenge a shooter ever because you're unsure what's happening uh, with your defenseman and you, you, do, you don't understand their reads. And so when you have a young defense like the Oilers have right now, because of the injury concerns, then, you know, it messes up your, your reads and your trust. And so typically, and I, I have to admit, I didn't watch the entire Oilers game because I had my own game last night, but oftentimes a goalie will sit back a little bit further than he'd like in certain situations just because he doesn't have the trust. Yeah, interesting for sure. Okay, we've seen lacrosse-style goals. We now have a lacrosse-style assist. 
<laughs> yep. courtesy of Trevor Seegers with the uh, flip the puck over the net and get it batted in. Uh, you know, a, a two-parter. What did you think of that play? And if you were the goalie, would you be angry to have allowed that goal? <laughs> well, in my advanced age, and I've been around for a long time, I like to think I'm I'm uh, pretty progressive. So I loved it. I, I thought it was fantastic. Now, I was not the goalie of record. And so I can't speak for that person and, and wonder how they would have wonder what they would have thought of it. But I just think it's how the game is going. And so uh, I like the reaction of Zegers too. It's kind of like disbelief. Uh, himself that he got away with it but you know Zegers is an interesting guy so here's how the game has uh, changed and and what uh, I think we all have to accept the players are more skilled than ever and it can be a bit more of an individual sport so my point about that uh, and I actually I know you and I have talked about this and with Rob Brown you mentioned to me when you watch warm-up it's different now it's less of a team uh 15 minutes it's individual skills and getting ready to play and so the first game of the season my broadcast partner rick ball and i were in anaheim to cover the jets and the ducks and i was trying to scan the entire right ice right and watch all the players and you know get a grasp for everybody and my eyes went to zegris and what he was doing uh with his with the puck on a stick I'd never seen that kind of stuff before and I was uh, captivated watching this guy and his puck skills so I'm not surprised he's the first one to do that uh, with a pass and uh, and not only the pass but the primary assist so I just think it's fantastic I think what the young kids are doing uh, skill wise is just just great for our game well, Kelly, we uh, we appreciate you checking in. Of course, we'll do this next week, man. I'm sure we'll have many more storylines to talk about. Take care, my man. Okay, thanks, Reed. Have a great night, bud. That is Kelly Rudy checking in. He is presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Yeah, what a play by Trevor Zegras. I mean, we've seen players lift the puck up and toss it right into the net lacrosse style. Well, he just lobs it over the net and Sonny Milano bats it in for the Anaheim Ducks. Incredible play. I mean, the uh, the young players are getting more and more creative, more and more bold in terms of what they're able to try one-on-one. Pretty exciting to see. Absolutely. Big showdown tonight in Winnipeg in the Western Hockey League. The two best in the CHL. We got the Oil Kings taking on the Winnipeg Ice. This game is tied 1-1 after 20 minutes now these two teams are going to play again on the weekend uh, i would suggest this game is more significant if you want to look at uh, a barometer of how the two teams actually match up so, so here's what's going on for the oil kings they play in winnipeg tonight they're in brandon friday back in winnipeg on saturday but the players you, you got neighbors you got cosa uh, you got gunther and you got Gooley, who are going to the uh, canadian world junior camp they're all leaving tomorrow, so they're not going to be there for the games in Brandon and Winnipeg on Saturday. So this is really the uh, the the two full lineups going head to head tonight in Winnipeg. Now they and they did play earlier this season in Edmonton back on October 29th, and the Oil Kings won that one three one. But uh, a pretty exciting mid season showdown here between these two teams. Like the Oilers, the Oil Kings are going to be playing a lot of road games because of the World Juniors. They are home the 17th and 18th against Swift Current. And uh, then it is a bunch of away games. They're not going to be back at Rogers Place until Tuesday, January 11th, after the World Juniors are complete. Oilers and Bruins coming up tomorrow. 
Oh, man, oh, man. I worked with a Bruins fan. I, I worked with a couple, actually. But uh, we're going to talk to Shea Ganim, who you hear from 9 to noon every day on 630 Chad. I know he likes the Bruins. I don't know why. So I want to get the story. I want to see where his allegiance is going to lie for the game tomorrow night. It's going to be fun talking to Shea. That's coming up next. Inside Sports on Chad. Thanks for tuning in. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.